In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My dear brothers and sisters, the gospel reading for the third Sunday before Lent, before the great fast, the Sunday of the prodigal son, comes from the 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And like two preceding Sunday Gospel readings, Zacchaeus Sunday and the Sunday of the Publican and Pharisees, all are unique to the Gospel of Luke. Additionally, these two preceding Gospel readings, which tell about repentance and humility, laid the groundwork for this third pre-Lenten gospel reading. The parable of the prodigal son is probably one of the most magnificent parables that can be found in the New Testament. Although it is rather lengthy, it can be divided into two manageable sections that will be addressed. But before we move into the first section, it is important to note that our Lord first presented this parable to tax collectors and sinners at a mealtime fellowship, and that the Pharisees and scribes present criticized our Lord for being impious. The first section of the parable opens with, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that falls and belongs to me. Right from the beginning of this parable, we have the younger son, for whatever reason, requesting his share of property from his father, and the father, complying with Jewish law, divides his estate and gives the portion due his younger son. Within days, the younger son gathered all he had and journeyed into a far country. It is unknown to which country the younger son went to, but his exceedingly lavish and recklessly and wasteful and sinful lifestyle leads to the squandering his property in loose living. After exhausting his resources and money, a great famine arose in that country, and being in need, the prodigal son turns to his friends only to find out that they have deserted him, and his life turns for the worse. In order to eat, he seeks employment with a citizen of that country and is sent into the fields to feed swine. Even in his present dilapidated state, he could not have found a more degrading job than tending swine. Cursed is our prodigal son, for no self-respecting Jew would have anything to do with swine. So bad is his plight that he even envies the food he does out, doles out to the swine because he himself was not allowed even such a pitiful fare. And no one gave him anything to eat, not one person at all. The story of the prodigal son, the parable, is very interesting indeed 
because to us Orthodox Christians, it tells us that we are soon to be in the middle of the great fast. And that means that soon we will be fulfilling the law of the church that all of us must go at least during the fasting season and before Pascha is celebrated, the resurrection of Christ, we must go to the sacrament of holy confession. Look at the prodigal son. For the prodigal son resembles many of our young people of the 50s and the 60s, even perhaps now. The prodigal son worked for his father, and then he came to think about going away. And he did go away. And he went into a strange land, and where he squandered all that what belonged to him and to his father. That, that, that's something like us. And also this squandering of, of the money and the property that was given to the son. He also was very hungry. And so he could not find anyone to feed him. So he ate from what the swine were eating. The prodigal son. How many of my father's servants have bread enough to spare? but I per perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. That's us. All of us are either prod prod prodigal sons or prodigal women, daughters. All of us have sinned in some way, and all of us will arise and, from our, to, and go to our Father, our Father the priest in the confessional, our Father who comes to listen, and our, the Father who says to us, your sins are forgiven. And the Father again who says in the beginning, come, and I have forgiven you of your sins. And then we will say in the confessional, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son or your daughter. Treat me as one of your hired servants. The prodigal son returned with hope for mercy, but was totally unprepared for the great generosity of his father's love. The prodigal attempts to deliver his carefully prepared speech, acknowledging his unworthiness but his father interrupts him and commands his servants, bring quickly the best robe, symbol of righteousness, as we see in the writing of Isaiah, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, a symbol of family identity, and shoes, sandals, to walking according to the gospel, on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and make merry, for my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he was found. The gospel is telling us something, that it is time for us to rise and confess our sins and to receive for forgiveness. The best robe goes on this son of his, because the father would not want people to see how naked he was and in what a poor condition he was in. The robe, the symbol of righteousness. 
What we have seen in this first section of the parable is the younger son in innocence, removes himself from the grace of his father and ventures into the world of sin. There he is stripped of every material and spiritual thing he had held in high esteem and once reduced to the lowest level possible in great and honest humility. He returns to his father seeking repentance and his father greets his lost son with compassion, forgiveness, and welcomes him back with great fanfare. The father saw his son coming and instead of him waiting for the son to come to him, he ran to his son, which was out of Jewish practice. And the father went to his son and he kissed his son. And the son said, Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven. In the second section of the paragraph, we perceive how the elder son conducts himself when he learns of the return of his younger brother. The preceding event took place while the elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Caught totally unaware of the current situation, he calls one of the servants and inquires into the meaning of the revelry. Upon learning the reason, he becomes angry and refused to go in. The father approaches his elder son and with the father's love, urges him to join in the rejoicing, but the elder son responds with a bitter complaint. Lo, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a goat, a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. In the utterance of his, this complaint, the elder brother showed complete lack of understanding for the pain and suffering his younger brother endured or even shared in the grief that his father felt. The elder son's only concern is that his life of righteousness, honor, and worthiness has been left without reward, while a life of loose living and vice is a reason to celebrate with the feast. The scripture writes, but when this son of yours comes who has devoured you living with harlots, you killed him, the fatted calf. The father replies to the elder son's complaint with the same love and gentleness that he showed to the younger son by saying, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to make merry and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and he is found. What the elder son had failed to understand is the love that the father has for both. He is caught up in his own self-righteousness and too, too self-centered to surrender to the total love that his father has made known to him and his younger brother. Remember when the prodigal son was looking at his, his own body? Remember when he looked at what he had to eat and what the swine were eating? He came to his saying, he came to his senses. He came to the fact that he had to go home. That was an examination of conscience, ispit sovis, as we have in the Slavonic. And then, 
He said, I will go home and I will say, Father, I have sinned against you in heaven. We go home in confession every month, perhaps, or we go to confession when it's absolutely necessary for us. And we say the same thing, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. In closing, I will quote two verses, both from St. Luke. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. And the second, what Luke writes, likewise I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. One sinner who repents. That means for me or for you who are sitting here, that if we know exactly how to bring into the church one sinner and the salvation of him, and, the, and this sinner comes in the presence of God over the one sinner who repents. Come, come to the banquet. And you come every single Sunday to the banquet to eat the body and the blood of Christ. Come again now and remember that coming to eat the body and blood of Christ, as St. John Chrysostom said, I would not want to die until I have partaken of the body and blood of Christ in the holy mystery of communion. And so we are like the prodigals, and so the church calls us to repentance, our own body calls us to repentance, our own conscience calls us to repentance, and we come, and we come to our Father Confessor saying, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and ask for forgiveness. And the priest does give you forgiveness. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.